Isn't it funny? All the things that show up when we're meditating. All the different things. How we resist and struggle. How we fall asleep. Avoid. How we have all these desires we confront. All of our expectations that we meet up with. All the fantasies that we wish. All this goes on right during meditation. And all of that, creating that experience of separation. And yet all we have to do, really, is just to let go. Literally, just to let go. As soon as we're willing to let go, that door can open. That spiritual door, that spiritual eye right here. It's up to us to participate in the actions that allow it to open and that open it. And that's what that sacred name does. Whether it's the hue or anahue or the sacred name of initiation, that opens that door so that we can be filled with light. And I don't mean it in an esoteric or metaphysical way. I mean it is a true living experience. It's actually very practical. It's not some mystical, metaphysical thing out there. It's life itself and the way that it works. It's literally a science. It is literally a science. This action of meditation as it's always been taught upon the path of sound and light. In any age by any teacher who teaches this practice, it is always the same. But it's up to us to put it to action so that that door does open. And that's all we have to do is open that door. And then God takes care of the rest. That's why it's called let go and let God. It's that simple. But even often after we open the door and we begin to let God, Well, then we see that inner light. We hear the inner sounds. We feel that movement of loving and peace that overcomes us. And we wish we would never leave that and it would always be that way. That all of a sudden, the next moment, it's gone. Just like that, and the door's shut again. And then we go, okay, I hit it for a moment. What did I do? Let me refocus and open that door again. And it opens. We see that purple light, that golden white light. We feel that peace and loving move in us and through us again. I know that's a rush, isn't it? Sometimes it really is a rush. Other times it's very gentle and subtle. doesn't matter how it is. What matters is that we hold ourselves in that place by which we can experience that. That's all we have to do in meditation. We're not trying to make things happen. We're not trying to create anything other than opening that door and giving God the space to live us. Because in truth, who are we? But the living, loving expression of God itself. That's what the soul is. That's who we are. And so all we have to do 
is give ourselves that opportunity to create the space to allow ourselves to awaken to the truth that already is. We're not creating or doing anything new or different here. We're really just awakening to what is and always has been and always will be. And then we're ever just coming back to that simple action we call meditation to continue doing that. Not only on a daily basis, but even moment to moment. That's why you often hear me say, once that door is open, it's up to you to keep it open. Even when your eyes are open and you go about the day. Meditation teaches us how to do that. But even when we open our eyes and get up from that action of meditation while we're sitting or laying down, to now keep the action of meditation going as we're moving throughout the day, moment by moment, holding a focus here, at least to some degree, we need to hold a focus to some level to get things done in the physical that we need to. But at the very same time, we can also be holding our attention at the seat of the soul and allowing that door to spirit to be open so that that light of loving can continue moving in us and through us. Let the eye be single and open and the body shall be filled with light. So let your body be filled with light all day long. And that continues even into the dream state when we go to sleep. That action that we've opened to now continues. That's that action we call the river of loving. That as that movement or river of loving continues, that we stay in that flow. And what we're doing is just opening and awakening, allowing ourselves to really not only experience, but truly know and live the truth of what is taking place all the time. Because it has nothing to do with time or space. It is the movement of Spirit itself. And all we're doing is awakening to that movement. That's it. That's why we do this in the gatherings, is have some time to do the meditation so that we can have the experience as well as talk and share about it. And hopefully, even as you're listening now with your eyes open or closed, that you're still keeping that door open to allow yourself to keep experiencing that movement of loving. To me, a lot of our sharings here when we do talk is really just to continue providing a focus so that as you listen to myself or Jim, that in holding that focus, that you keep that door open to Spirit to allow that loving to continue moving in you and through you. And that's a lot of all we need to do. If we allow that to take place, God truly does handle the rest. But then the rest of it is also beginning to learn and be aware of the actions, the things that we do or think or feel that either bring us into alignment 
an end to that movement of loving? Or are those things that bring us out of that alignment and create often we'll call it a distraction where we just simply turn away? Simply just turning away. As we've heard Jim share many times when he first learned about the word sin and looking it up in a dictionary, that it simply meant to turn away from. And that's all we've done, is turned our focus away from the source, from God. And all we're doing in meditation is turning our attention back towards God. So continue that action of meditation even with your eyes open, so that you ever do stay focused on that source. And it is simply that focus that opens the door and keeps the door open to allow it to live us. And that's really all we have to do. It's funny because in that movement of loving, everything we need to know is right there. Right in the moment, whatever we need is provided. It's right there in the moment. It is only in the moment. It is not at any other time or place. Just this moment, right here, right now, this moment. That's all we ever have to return to. So whenever we find ourselves distracted and trying to think, because I know a lot of us go into meditation asking God for the answers. Okay, what do I do here? What decisions do I make? What direction do I go with my physical life? See, that's an action of the mind. That's the ego, this animal nature, wanting to have the answers so that it feels safe and secure and to know that it's going to be okay. We're all wanting to know that. The challenge is every time that kicks up inside of us and ever seeking and wanting to know that, it actually gets in the way now. And once again, closes that door. Literally, those thoughts close that door to spirit. And then when we feel that door closed, what happens? Well, we go into emotional reaction. Because we, some part of us knows the door to life itself is closed. It's not really fully closed. Think about it. If it was, we'd be dead. Okay, so just like any door frame, there's little, it seeps through the door. Okay, we're just not aware of it. Like I said, this is really just about awareness and awakening. But it's that action of awakening that is so important to really return, as we say, back into that kingdom from which we've come. The place we call the soul realm, the true home of the soul. That's where it can reside in its oneness with God. But there is this process and understanding that these thoughts we have, these emotions we have, these physical needs of keeping the body alive, they're important to take care of, but understand how they can also distract or shut the door to that awareness and movement of loving. And that truly the most important thing is awakening to that divine truth. We don't realize that. But in truth, that's what everybody's doing and seeking in the world. All the actions we take, all the thoughts we have, all the feelings, all the fantasies and the imagination are ever truly seeking 
to know that divine. We simply are looking in the wrong places. You know that song, looking for love in all the wrong places? That's what it is. All we've done is turned away from the source. We're looking in the mind to answer it. We're looking in the feelings and emotions to answer it. We're looking in our imagination and the fantasies to answer it. We're looking into the world and our physical experience to answer it. What is it we're trying to answer in all of that? What is the it that we are trying to answer? That's a good question. Maybe it's time to look and ask ourselves. That's why we share in here eventually, it's in that asking that we also begin to open doors in our consciousness to allow. But the answer is not really information. The answer really is the experience of the divine. When we begin to wake up and experience our divinity, that answers all things. The nice thing is, as I was saying a moment ago, that everything you need and want to know truly is in that movement of loving. So when you allow yourself to be present in that loving, what you need to know and want, truly want from the soul level is there. Haven't you noticed at times that you do have these awarenesses? You feel that movement of spirit and all of a sudden you have an awareness and a knowing of even the things you need to do to take care of yourself physically? Hasn't that showed up for you? That's often how it'll work. When there is a physical need or a mental or an emotional need, when it's time, as if you say in God's timing, that that does come about and brings an answer of some sort, whether it is some physical experience or whether it's just simply calming the emotions or bringing peace to the mind so that we feel better about ourselves and our situations and circumstances in life. Again, that's all we're looking for. Some sense of satisfaction. Oh, what is that other song, Can't Get No Satisfaction? What is it, music night? But that's why we're ever searching and chasing around whatever it is we're chasing around in this world. It's funny because when you start to realize that or even just take it on faith and begin to work with that action of meditation, give yourself the chance, in other words, that you'll begin to discover that for yourself. And then, it's kind of funny because often you'll slow down. You won't necessarily stop your chase in this world as long as you have a body. But you'll begin to find yourself slowing down your chase in the world. It's funny because often people we hear say, oh my God, I'm becoming so boring. My friends think I'm boring. I don't want to do anything anymore. All I want to do is meditate or go on a retreat, or go to class and have more quiet time with myself. Well, that often is what shows up. Because once you realize everything you're looking for really is within you, then what is there the need to go chasing after in the world for? And so we begin to have quieter lives, more simple or peaceful, 
or boring, as people like to say. But heck, if it's boring or quiet, maybe you have more time to really spend inside meditating now. I always like to share with people, do what you can to meditate 10% of the day. Two and a half hours almost. 10% of the day. Do what you can. Ever striving towards that. Give yourself the opportunity and see what awakens inside of you. And see what changes in your life. Because there will be changes, but those changes will happen simply as an action that unfolds from that door opening and allowing that river of loving to move in you and through you. I always say go for that. There's all kinds of things to do in this world, all kinds of service opportunities to participate in, all kinds of metaphysical things to learn about, all kinds of this and that to do, even on a spiritual or religious level, so to speak. But sooner or later, you realize a lot of it's a distraction. Give yourself the time to actually spend in meditation. And that's where you're going to really discover what it is you're seeking for in doing all the things you're doing in the world. But also with that, notice it's only 10% of the day. 10% of the day, the true law of tithing. It's all God asks is 10%. Well, you've got 90% of the rest of the day to do with in whatever way serves you. Notice I didn't say as you please. Well, you could do that, but there are things that we need to do that serve us while we're here in this world, such as taking care of the body, feeding it, giving it rest, doing what we need to do in the world to survive, but to also have experience here. That's why we're here. In experiencing this world, we're learning about the tree of knowledge. Yep, the whole story of Adam and Eve. There's a garden. That garden, what was there? The tree of life and the tree of knowledge. And so here we are experiencing the tree of life. We bit the apple. And here we are experiencing now what comes with it. That's not a bad thing. So part of that is to let go of the judgments of saying, oh my God, I bit the apple. I've sinned. I'm ashamed. I'm a bad person. That's why a lot of this action is simply forgiving ourselves for all that shame or sin. Forgiving ourselves for taking a bite of that apple. Or maybe some of us like the apple, so we ate the whole thing. But regardless, at some point, we've got to acknowledge and honor the experience of having made the choice to be here in this world. Because in that acknowledgement and honoring is where we're going to fulfill it. It doesn't get fulfilled by us judging it and fearing it and trying to push it away, making it wrong or ourselves wrong or bad. That just creates more separation and pain. And it's the separation and pain that keeps us trapped here. That's what keeps the soul in bondage and attached to this creation of time and space. That's why it is a process 
a forgiveness of letting go. That's a part of us taking responsibility for our choices. And as we are willing to take responsibility, well, we're going to learn then through our experience of all that's taken place. And in that is the fulfillment. It's not a process of getting rid of or clearing our karma. It is a process of acknowledging, of experiencing, of learning, of awakening. That's the fulfillment. It's a very gentle, simple action and process in how it unfolds. It's just confusing inside of us because we've learned to live a certain way in this world which is pretty much like living if you were looking in a mirror. Because that's what we're doing here. When people often are upon this journey, I don't want to say just beginning it, because it's often years of doing this journey, so many times it comes up like, oh my God, this is backwards. Doing spirit is like doing it backwards. Well, that's how it feels in this world, that doing spirit is doing things backwards, or it's a paradox. It seems contradictory. And true spirit is forwards in the way it really takes place. It's just living in this world of reflection. It's like living by looking in the mirror and trying to do life according to the image in the mirror rather than the truth of who we are and how it's done. That's why it's so confusing, and that's where the paradoxes lie. Is that where the paradoxes lie, as in rest? Or is that where they lie to us, as in don't tell us the truth? Maybe it's both. So we have to be willing to look and to begin to learn the difference. Because eventually, we'll see that we are not that mirror image. And we'll begin to wonder, who is that that's looking in the mirror? Who is that? It's strange because when we're inside of ourselves, we can't see ourselves. All we can see is by looking out and seeing the image. That's what makes it so darn challenging. And we're afraid to let go of the image because then we don't even have that reference point. And if we don't have some kind of reference point, well, how do we feel then? We feel lost, right? We feel like we're struggling. We feel like we're lost in the ocean and the ocean waves are just bouncing us around. We don't know where we're going or what's happening. And that's why we're afraid to let go of the image that we've been hanging on to. But that's where at some point it it does take some faith and trust. To have faith and trust in yourself and in God that you'll be okay, that you'll make it through this, this too shall pass. Some point, we've got to be willing to let go and allow ourselves to bounce around a little bit. There is a transition we go through or a transformation in truth that's what takes place. But it's in that transition transformation that we find so challenging. And that's where we need those stabilizers, those places and people that we can have that support. But that's not what we really need. Those are just supports. 
we really need that inner connection, that inner awakening, that inner foundation with spirit. Because that's the only truth. The only true foundation is inside. That's the only thing we really need. The rest, yeah, it supports us. But the true need is always just simply within. In the divine. That's why it's key to always come back in the meditation to go in and up to the seat of the soul and there begin to awaken and to begin to anchor ourselves in the soul of who we are. When we projected out into that mirror, in a sense, we anchored ourselves there. That's the attachment. We've grabbed hold. And it feels solid for a long time. But boy, when that begins to shake, it doesn't feel solid anymore. We just got so ingrained and enmeshed in it, we believed it was the truth and that solidness. What is it referred to in the Bible? The shifting sands? Eventually, we need to find that rock. That's what we're talking about. That rock is not of this world, though. That rock is the spirit within. And so in this transition, know that we're just simply now letting go out here where we've been holding on. And then when we let go, well now... In that is a freedom. There's a transition now in the letting go. And the transformation is the turning around. The transformation of turning around and facing to God so that now we come back in. And now we begin to take hold of the soul that we are. And that is the action of the initiation that we speak of here. That action of the sacred name that God has given us to share with those souls that are ready to begin that action of returning home. That is the action in its simplicity, that that sacred name is that action of which we now begin to let go of the world and now take hold of the spirit that we are. That sacred name in our soul is our anchor, our new foundation, that rock upon which we can now build But it does take time. That's probably the hardest part is the time that it takes for that transition or transformation of that letting go and turning away from. Because not only are we letting go of the world, but in that is all that's in the emotional world, in the imaginational world, in the mental worlds, even in the unconscious and subconscious worlds. It's a lot of letting go. That takes time to do that as it took time to connect and attach to it in the beginning. So it takes time to let go of it in the end. But just know what you're gaining. That takes time as well. It takes time to awaken to know that which we are gaining of spirit as we're letting go of that which is in the world. So in that transition, part of the reason it takes time is that in the gradualness, it gives us at least some level of stability and sense of safety and confidence in taking these actions of letting go so we can let God. And now 
anchor ourselves and attach ourselves to God within. To turn around so that we begin to face the Creator rather than the reflection and that image we've been living in the world. Again, very simple. We can talk about it in a lot of different ways like we do. But it doesn't matter how we do it. It's the doing of it. So just realize, even in the simple action of meditation, when you close your eyes and begin that action of turning within, but just pay attention when all those different thoughts show up and feelings and fantasies and physical sensations. Let it all be okay. Don't struggle with it. It's not a fight. It's simply a process of acknowledging, letting go. And I say that because often when it shows up, we'll go into resistance to push it away. That's denial. It's not until we're willing to look at it and acknowledge it that it begins to open itself up and release. That's why you need to acknowledge so that it does open. The truth will set you free. Well, sometimes the truth sounds like, oh my God, I'm really mad right now. I'm really upset. Well, that's the truth in the moment. No, it's not the great one truth of Spirit and God. It's the momentary truth of here's my experience. Right now I'm mad. Well, as soon as you acknowledge it, that truth of that acknowledgement now begins to open and set it free. And it's as simple as that. That's why in here all the time you hear me talk about confession and trying to get people to be honest and open in their communication. That's why I do it. Because I know anybody who's willing to get honest and open like that, you're going to set yourself free from all the things that have been creating the separation inside of you with God, that have been holding the door closed and are not allowing you to awaken and experience the truth of who you are. These simple things, no matter how Jim and I talk about this all the time, today I'm trying to lay out the real simplicity of just the meditation, what goes on and how to do it. And even when we're not in meditation, of just even talking and communicating, the whole action of LAF and taking responsibility, well, that's a lot of what I've learned to do in communication and the way I'm sharing about it now. Simply being willing to look and acknowledge what's going on, no matter what it is, will begin the process of setting us free. Whether it's just inside of yourself in meditation or any time of the day, or when you're communicating with another person. It's the same action, whether it's with yourself or somebody else. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you do it, that you acknowledge whatever it is inside of you and set yourself free from your struggle and resistance and denial that you no longer avoid, but you begin to participate because in that participation, the door opens to a now allow that action of loving to unfold and awaken. It is an awakening, and in that awakening, there is an unfolding of your experience of that. That's the journey. 
Because when we open the door, right here we start. Right in the physical creation itself. When we begin the hue or the honor hue, it begins to open the door right here at the physical level. The seed of the soul. The action of initiation? Well, it's the other names of God beyond the seed of the soul. The action of initiation, we give the five names. Each name corresponds to the astral realm, the causal realm, the mental realm, the etheric realm, and into the soul realm. Yeah, thumbs up on that one. Soul realm. Oh, wow, four fingers that go out horizontally and one that goes vertically, the soul realm. That sacred name, those five names that make up the one sacred name, they deal with those other realms of consciousness in which the soul needs to travel through to become liberated and return home into the spiritual creation, beyond the physical creation. So the hue and anahue help us to open that door through the physical. And then when we're ready, we'll be given the rest of those names called getting initiated. When we're ready now to step through those other doors that reside in these other realms. This is the first door, though, we've got to begin to open and step through. Once we do that, God is right there. What we call the radiant form of the spiritual teacher is the Holy Spirit of God that resides right here waiting for us, right at the door. Knock and the door will be opened. And as the door is open, you will see that radiant form of the Holy Spirit whether it looks like a purple light or a blue, or myself or Jim, or gold and white light, doesn't matter. It is all the same. So that's where the real journey begins. And then we begin the greater journey beyond this physical. I don't care if you call it out of body experience or you're experiencing right in your body, it doesn't matter. It's a journey of awakening, regardless of where you find yourself. It's a movement of spirit. But we do need the keys to open the other doors. Just like to open this door, this tenth door here in the physical. Well, there is a tenth door, a spiritual door in every realm. And we need keys to open doors. I know a lot of people would like to believe Well, the doors are always open. Well, in one way they are. The thing is, we just don't know it until we have the keys. We don't even know there's any doors, let alone any keys to open the doors. And how would we? How would we know? Unless there is someone to share that awareness. Well, that's the service of any spiritual teacher is to begin to share the awareness of these inner spiritual realms, of these doorways, and of these keys that open these doors. And so that's what we're doing here. is sharing that awareness, the process of how it works, the doorways, the keys to open them, and the way by which we can now walk through it all. That's all we're doing here. Does that sound metaphysical, esoteric, mystical, woo-woo, wah-wah, wah-wah? 
sounds just as practical as anything we do in the world. Did you lock your door when you left your house? Do you have to have a key to open it? Well, I got a digital key now. Well, that's all right. Doesn't matter. Still a door, still locked or unlocked. Same process. Because if you understand, we walk through those doors on our way down into this world from spirit. And just for safekeeping, maybe we lock those doors on our way down. And then when we're here, anybody ever get forgetful while they're here and maybe lose their keys or misplace them somewhere? Well, guess what? There's a key keeper. And when you're ready to find your keys, you'll find the key keeper, and the key keeper will give you your keys to you. Because really, they're yours. God's just holding them in a safe place until you're ready. Until you're ready. That's all it is. There's nothing any of us have to do to be worthy or to earn anything. It's just simply a process of when are we ready? What do we want to do? That's it. Ask and you shall receive. So when you're ready, just ask. Just ask. But being ready also means you really want it. If you're not done with this world yet and you still want to go experience more, then go do it. This pathway of soul liberation is not one of obligation or have to at all. It won't work that way. It's got to be done out of a place where we freely choose it because we truly desire and want it. It is known as the only true desire. And that is that desire for God often known as a longing. That longing, once that longing for God awakens within us, we will have the desire to return. And we will begin the journey of learning what we need to do in order for that return to take place. And that's what ILM is here doing. Those wanting to know how to return. That's it. That's it. So the only thing that's required is asking. When you ask, you can receive. And once you receive the keys, do with it whatever you want. Throw them away if you want. But why would you ask in the first place if that's what you're going to do? So if you're going to ask, why not take some responsibility and begin to utilize that which you've been given that you've asked for. So you can really now get the benefit and discover what comes with those keys. That's your responsibility, however. It is not mine or Jim's. We're not here to make anybody do anything we teach or share, even if we've initiated you. We're not here to boss you around, to control your lives, to tell you what you do. That's just not what we're here to do. It won't work that way. It's given freely, and it's up to you to freely choose to utilize what you've been given. You don't ever have to show up here again if you don't want. You can show up here all the time. It doesn't matter, because it's not about the physical. 
These are the keys to the inner kingdom that Jesus talked about. The keys to the inner kingdom. And you can only utilize those within yourself. The nice thing is you can do that at any time, no matter where you're at. You don't have to be here in this room. You don't have to be sitting here listening to a talk. You can be meditating upon the sacred name. And in that meditation upon that name, those keys open the inner doors through all the different realms of consciousness so that your soul is free and clear to now travel from here all the way back up into the soul realm and into the heart of God. Anytime you want. Not because we say so, but because of the actions that you take. And not even because you say so. not about what anybody thinks or believes or says. It is simply by what we do. That's why we say this is a path of experience. And experience only comes from doing. You have to take action. Doing nothing gets you nowhere. Nice thing is with meditation, it doesn't look like we're doing anything. then why do we get so worn out by meditating? Especially like in a retreat, you know, when you do all the meditation, like, oh my God, all we did was sit around all day and I'm exhausted and I'm so hungry and blah, blah, blah. Yep, because we are doing a lot. Just not on a physical level. And it takes energy. It's all movement of energy. Consciousness, loving spirit, it's all a form of energy from one level to another level. And that energy transforms and transitions from one dimension to another, from one realm to another. But the energy that is always the same and does not change is the light of loving. And that's who we are. That never changes. The light of the Holy Spirit, God's loving, is the light of loving that we were made in. And that never changes. It is always one and the same, regardless, regardless of anything, and regardless of anywhere we find ourselves as that light of loving, even in this physical body, it does not matter. It does not change that light of loving of who we are. Get that clear. And this is a statement for all those metaphysical people out there who say, of transforming the soul. The soul does not transform. It is always the same. It is the consciousness of the imagination, the emotions, the mind, and the unconscious that can change and transform. That's the journey here. It's the journey of the soul that has always been one light of God. And that one light of God has simply traverse through these other realms. And those realms are always changing, are never permanent. So the only transformation of consciousness is not of the soul. It is of the physical consciousness. We the soul is always the same, and that is simply loving And what we're doing in this action of meditation and initiation in the sacred name of God is simply awakening to the loving that we are. 
it just seems like we're transforming and it's a journey and all because that light of loving has been so clouded and buried through our thoughts and feelings and fantasies and the physical experience. That's all. In truth, we're not even transforming those levels. In truth, we're just letting go so that we really awaken to that light of loving that we are. So in that way, there's no change whatsoever. It's just, it's not the experience as it looks and appears this way. And this realm is a journey, an awakening, a transformation, a discovery. Things change. And that's the challenge, that's the distraction and where we get all caught up and disturbed because it creates a separation from the knowing and experiencing the truth of who we are as that one eternal light of loving that never changes. That's the game here. The game is ever-changing and that's what causes us so much confusion because once we figure out the game, then all of a sudden the game maker called Kalner Engine or Lucifer, the creator of this world of reflection, changes the game because he can. Makes it more confusing, ever keeping us on our toes. That's why you don't need to try to figure out the game. There's nothing to figure out here. It's going to always be changing. The mirrors are going to be moving around and the reflections. That's why all you need is that one point of focus and that light of loving. And all you have to do is keep coming back to that and holding to it and holding to it and returning back to it. Come present, come present. In and up, in and up. So all you have to do is keep coming back to that. And every time you do, you're right there. And then another game drops away. Another illusion drops away. Another karma is fulfilled. And that's it. Until eventually there's no more games. We've learned the lessons. We've fulfilled the experience. And all, that, all that's left is that eternal light of loving of who we are. And until then, until we truly awaken and know just that one light that we are, it is simply that journey through these games and this maze of this world and all the things that distract us from that one light. That's all it is. And so the meditation, the sacred name, the initiation, is simply the action by which we can let go of all the games. That's called the liberation. So that the soul can once again just be that light of loving. That's what it's all about. All the rest, the games are the mystical, magical, hocus-pocus, smoke and mirrors. Phenomenal experiences. Amazing sights and sounds. It's incredible. There's no question about it. And you can understand why it's so easy to get distracted and why all the metaphysical and esoteric. It's so funny because that's what I was all into for years and years. And I still like some of it. It's kind of fun. 
But eventually you realize it's just all part of the game. And at some point, we have to let go of that and just come back to that one place of simplicity in which that one light of loving resides. And that's what we call game over. Talking about games and rules of games and all that, I remember when I was a child and we got this game out. Actually, my babysitter had set a game out for us to play at her house. And none of us knew how to play it, so we got the rules out and started trying to read it and figure it out. And we're reading it, and it's the rules to a board game, and here's a board game, and we're reading it. And it doesn't quite make sense. It it does but it doesn't. And every time we try to play according to what we're reading, it doesn't quite work. And so we're playing and playing and she walks in and we're all kind of fighting amongst each other. No, it means this and you know you don't know what you're doing and, and let me read that again. And she comes over, she said, what's going on? It's a simple game. You know, and we said, well, we're reading the rules you had here and it doesn't make sense. And she picked it up and she looked at it and she said, oh, oh, I'm sorry, this belongs to a board game over in the other room. (laughs) Have you ever felt like that's how you're living your life? (laughs) So check the top of the page you're reading because you might be playing a different game than you're trying. So that's, that's how I've even felt in my life sometimes. It's like, I, I know I'm playing by the rules. It, it makes like no sense that it's going the way it's going because I read the rules and I'm, I'm doing them right. But nothing's going the way I want it to. Well, the one thing I have found is stop living by the rules alone of this world because they're here to serve us. But in truth, we might have already lived the game won the game, completed the game, and we don't need to be repeating it. And maybe what we're feeling is just this boredom of repetition. We keep doing it again and again and again, even though we've played it enough, we don't need to play it anymore. And that's really where a lot of our souls are at right now. We've fulfilled what we came into this creation to fulfill. We have fulfilled it. We have learned the lessons, we've read the rules, we've played it by the rules, we've done it well, and yet here we are. And one more time, we have to move this little man on the board hoping that we're going to get the $200 as we go Basco or whatever it might be. And yet, we're bored, we're ever doing it the best way we can, And we don't get anywhere. We just go around and around and around. The one thing I know is that when the soul is ready, God does bring to us something separate from the rules of this world to assist us in getting free, to getting liberated, to moving beyond the games of this world and into a greater freedom, a greater flow of life. And that's what we have to pay attention to. 
we may want to stop playing the games, but we may be so addicted to the game that we keep on playing it even though we don't want to play it anymore. Or we feel like, well, how do I know that this other is going to work or this other is true? I know the games work. I know the rules of the game work if I just play it right. I remember I was with a friend of mine who had a little girl and we were sitting in a restaurant and the little girl was all anxious to go and agitated a little bit and, come on, mommy, come on. And she turned to her daughter and she said, look, if you'll just be quiet for another 10 minutes, I'll give you a lollipop when we get out of here. And so the little girl got quiet for a minute and she goes, well, how, how do I know? Can I see the lollipop? How do I know I'm going to get a lollipop? And the mother reaches in the purse and pulls it out and says, I got a lollipop. I'll give it to you when we leave here if you'll just be quiet. And she puts it back in the purse and the little girls, what flavor is the lollipop? <laughs> and on and on and on. And for 10 minutes that we were, she was going to be quiet to get the lollipop, she keeps kind of interrupting. And she even wants to see the color of it. Can you unwrap it? I want to see the color of it. And finally the mother just says, here, here's the lollipop. And then the little girl got quiet. That's kind of how we are. We're ever searching to make sure that what has been promised we're going to get, we're going to get. Well, when we sit up here, we share with you about a spiritual pathway. And we say, if you'll do these things, these are the things that will unfold for you. Well, how do you know that's true? How do you know that's true? Maybe we're really just holding a lollipop out in front of you, but we're never going to give it to you. Because really, if we unwrap it, maybe there's no lollipop. There's just a stick. <laughs> so the only way that you know is by you doing, by you practicing, by you taking action and finding out for yourself, is there a lollipop on the end of the stick? Is what we say true? Is it possible that you've really completed the lessons in this creation that you came here to learn? You have learned about creation. You've learned about loving. You've learned about forgiving. You've learned about accepting. You've learned about taking responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings and your actions and reactions. And it's time now to move on to what's next because, hey, there's another board game. But it isn't in this creation. You have to go somewhere else to play it. So you've got to leave this creation to go there. And God says to us, I have the tools by which you can get free. I have the means by which you can pass all the laws of this creation freely not ever having them touch you, disturb you, or call you back again. And you can get out of this creation and go on into what's next. And that is really, truly the sacred name of God. That sacred name of God aligns you. It brings you out of 
the world of polarities out of the positive and negative existence of this creation and into that place of neutrality, into the place of true loving, out of the world of love, love of experience, love of the world, and into that place of true spiritual movement called loving. And it begins to allow you to rise up freely through the center of all creation and stand free as you rise up and stand free fully to go on to what's next. Jesus called it the keys to the kingdom. And truly they are keys. They do unlock doors. Years ago, I was in meditation one day and someone said inside, Jim, a key not used opens nothing. And that's really the truth. If you don't use these keys, if you've been given the keys to the kingdom, if you've been given the sacred name to use in your meditation and you don't use it, nothing ever happens. The doors aren't going to open because you're not using the key to open it. You have to open the doors. You have to use the sacred names and let the frequency of those names, which is a part of the loving, open the pathway by which you can rise upward out of this creation and stand free. Even while you're in the physical body, you can stand free. And yeah, your physical body is still going to have to respond to the ways and the laws of this creation. But your soul doesn't. Your soul begins to stand free from the bondage. And you can know it. But in order to know it, and to know what that is, that is there in that state of being, you have to use the sacred name. You have to do the meditation. And maybe you don't have to do the meditation. Maybe you have gotten enough free of this creation that when you die, you will go free. You will just go on and continue your journey elsewhere. But that's a hope, and that's a wish, and that's a maybe. But if you use a sacred name and you go inside, you can begin to have an inner experience, an inner knowing, or an awareness that something different is happening, that something in you is getting free, that something in you is standing in a new place in all of creation. And I know that not everybody is going to have experience in meditation. I know it. I've talked to enough people that have experience and have amazing experiences, some of us. And I have talked to a number of people, a lot of people, who have no experience. I don't feel anything. I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. I don't know if anything's really happening. But I'm doing the meditation. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust it. 
and then over time, maybe weeks, months, maybe years, they'll come and they'll say, you know, nothing's really still happening, but I'm doing the meditation, but something is really happening. My life is changing. I approach people differently. I don't hate people. I don't get angry and fight people anymore like I used to. I find that I move through the world a lot simpler and easier than I used to. So something's happening. And that's true. Whether we are having inner experience or not in our meditations, things are happening. Things are changing. Because we're ever rising upward. We're ever waking up more and more to the truth of the divine within us and letting go of the illusion and separateness of all that this world has put upon us and that we have taken upon us and held dear. It's amazing to wake up on the other side and to stand free of this creation and to look around and know the truth in a greater way than you could ever know here in this world or in this body. To truly know who you are, free of this creation, united once again in the fullness of your soul. United. Because in this creation, we live in separateness. We live in compartments of the self. Well, this is my feeling self, and this is my mental self, and all these different parts of ourselves that we're ever dealing with and juggling and trying to make sense of and trying to somehow get them to work together even if they're not ever going to join together. Just come on. And just about the time you get it all kind of quiet and arranged, one part goes, oh, yeah, wait, 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 wait. I want to be the ruler. What are you doing? You're trying to coerce us into all cooperating. Well, I'm not going to cooperate. Have you ever had that feeling inside of you? Just about the time you think you've got it, uprises the rebellious one again. Well, that's only there because in this creation, this creation that is separation, that which is you has been separated into so many different components to make you up in this world. And you're ever having to live in all these different parts of self rather than in the fullness of self. And no matter what you do at this level, I don't care if you take drugs, if you go to a psychiatrist, or whatever you do, you're never going to get fully brought together as one and know the fullness of that one. It just doesn't happen. The only way you're ever going to know the truth of who you are as one is to rise up above this creation, rise up above all that is of you in this world, and stand free of it, and stand in the fullness of you. When we are meditating... We are on a journey. And all we're doing is we're going back the way we came. We walked down through these realms of creation 
to have experience here on all the levels of creation and to experience all the different components of the separate self. And now all you're doing is you're walking back on that same pathway home. But now you're bringing all the components of self back together again. But as you do, you bring all these components back together again as a fulfillment, as a completion, as lessons learned. And so every time another part of you joins together in this movement upward, as you move forward and upward, you become more whole, you become more complete, you become more fulfilled. And the higher you move on this pathway going home, the more fulfillment there is. And that's what this is really all about. And the way this all takes place is by loving God. Just loving God and allowing God's loving in. That is the movement and the draw and the energy of all these components of self coming back together as one once again. And when you get to the top and you pop through that last little area of separation that this creation is made of and move into the realms of soul and move into the oneness with your soul as you do so, you will look down and you will know. You'll know who you were in all those different parts because now all those different parts have joined together and are one once again in soul. And you will know you don't have to go back down into this creation anymore because you have fulfilled it. And then the fun part, then you get to look and see, where do I go next? Well, wherever you go next will be much better than this place. This is the only place in all of God and in all of God's creation where you experience separateness from God. It is the only creation. This is an aspect of God known as time-space, known as separation. And when you complete this, you have completed a tremendous amount on the journey of life of a soul coming into the fullness of the knowing of God and having experienced all of God. And all the other creations that you can go to, there's nothing like this one. Thank God. (laughs) So hurry up and get it done and go find the better place. (laughs) Unless you're really having fun here. Hey, then go for it. Do nothing of what I just said and enjoy the ride, because it is enjoyable. There's a lot of components here of joy and fun and beauty and wonder. But the other parts of it 
of separation and pain and loneliness and having to do it all myself and whatever else you might label it as, that isn't so much fun. So I would say, if you have the names of God in initiation, use them. Because a key used opens a door. And there's a lot of doors to open. A lot of doors to open. A lot of doors inside of us. Fortunately, on the spiritual path, there's only five that have to be opened. And when those doors are open, the passageway to and from the realm of soul and into the heart of God is ever available, is ever open for you to walk. It's just up to you to choose so. It's your choice. It's your choice to be born in this creation, believe it or not. It's your choice to get initiated and get the names by which to leave this creation. And it's your choice to use those names, those keys to the kingdom, to unlock the doors to go free. In the ancient mystical pathway, this pathway of sound and light, it was more complicated. There were a lot more challenges, if you will, just to get initiated. And then the inner kingdom, the way it was described, was much more complex than the way it's explained today. These five names, this practice of meditation is very simple. The things that we share with you about that you're to pay attention to are very simple. Loving, accepting, and forgiving. It really is very simple. And we keep saying it over and over and over, and it starts with you. Love and accept and forgive you. And then, if you need to, do it with others. But really and truly, if you will truly move into that place of loving, accepting, and forgiving of yourself, most everything is done. Literally is done. Because once you've forgiven yourself, you've really forgiven the other. Be responsible in your actions of thoughts and feelings. Pay attention to how you allow these thoughts and feelings to run you, to rule you, to push you around, and take charge of them, and understand them, and bring your thoughts and feelings into alignment, into balance, into working together, rather than working against each other and against you. And take responsibility for your actions and your reactions. Remember, that's the law of the land. Actions and reactions create karma. 
be in action better than to be in reaction. Reaction begets karma very quickly. So take responsibility. And when you go into reaction, stop for a moment and see, how can I do this differently? Or maybe I just do nothing right now. I don't be in action or reaction. I just be still and move through the situation and be free of it. I've seen people create a mess taking action. And I've seen people make a mess taking reaction. So pay attention. And all that is very simple, except for one part of it that's so hard. You have to stay awake. You have to stay present. You have to pay attention. Why am I doing this now? What did I just say? What am I saying? Why am I reacting this way with this person? Why am I reacting this way with myself? I remember when I was much younger and I would do something and I'd go, Jim, you're so stupid. Well, that's a good thing to tell yourself, isn't it? And I remember one day catching myself and I went, wait a minute. Nobody's telling me I'm stupid. Why am I telling myself I'm stupid? And then I started paying attention to when I was doing that and I stopped. And all of a sudden, I liked myself better. Where before, I was in a little bit of a resistance and anger and frustration with myself. And I realized the source of it was this action of me saying, I'm stupid. So what do you tell yourself that makes you feel good or bad, happy or sad? What is it? Pay attention. That's why I was always saying to people, Get a little journal, a little book that you can carry around with you and write down these statements that you tell yourself. Oh my God, you're going to be surprised. If you haven't been paying attention, you're going to be surprised. And you're going to wonder, what little devil is inside of me ever talking like this? At first I wanted to blame my dad. And one day I asked him, I said, do you think I'm stupid? He said, Jim, I would never say that. No, I don't think you're stupid. And I said, and have you ever said that I'm stupid? He said, well, if I have, I'm sorry, and I'll never say it again, but I don't think I have. And I thought that was a good answer because he didn't know. And there's a good chance he might have, but doesn't remember. I was just trying to find out where did I get this from? Who gave this to me or how did I develop this? Never found out the source of it, but I learned to pay more attention to my words and what I was telling myself. And it's amazing what we can do to ourselves. We undermine ourselves all the time. And then we blame it on somebody else. 
Well, they, well, the rules, it's us. We're the greatest underminer. Stop looking outside yourself and pay attention to what's going on inside. Are you your own enemy? You might be. So pay attention. And start changing your ways. Start changing the way you talk to yourself. You share yourself. You love yourself. And the greatest way to do that is in meditation. And the greatest way to really get loving going is to just look inward and upward and say, God, I love you. I love you. And I open to receive your loving. That is going to stir so many things awake inside of you. There's a God? Are you sure? I don't, I've never seen God. How do you know there's a God? What are you making me love something I don't know anything about? And what is this love thing you're wanting me to do? Until somebody says they love me, I'm not going to say I love them. And what is love anyway? And blah, 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 blah. It just goes on and on and on. I learned very quickly just to say, I'm not doing it any other way than the way I'm doing it right now, and that is I'm going to love God, and I'm going to open to receive God's loving. And if God's loving comes in, hey, guess what? There's a God. And somehow I move something inside of me that I call love to awaken God to love me or to allow God to love me. Well, I found very quickly by just telling God I love you, God was right there ready in an instant to say, I love you. And together we'll walk in loving. But if you don't do an action you're not going to find a response. And it's not a reaction. This old principle of for every action, there's a reaction. Well, that's the law of physics in the world. But the law of spirit works differently. As you give, so shall you receive. Not as you sow, so shall you reap. But as you give, so shall you receive. If you give love, you will receive loving. And that I know. And if you put that as your first action every day, you're going to find that that brings the energy aligned into the loving flow for the day in a greater way than if you don't. If you wake up in the morning and go, oh God, another day. Well, that's not calling God into your day. (laughs) That's more like complaining to God. Oh, God, I had to live for another day. Are you kidding me? Why not wake up and go, okay, God, go before me in loving as I love you, love me, and let us do this in loving. Your day will be loving. And yeah, you're still going to meet up with all kinds of stuff. But you've got the loving to meet it with, and that's going to be different. And I'll share something with you. If you're ready to go home to God, 
God's ever ready for you to come home. But God is also more than willing to let you stay here just as long as you want. In separation, in pain, in suffering, in anger, in frustration, in joy, in peace, in beauty, in quiet, in everything that this world has to offer. And it has it all to offer. But if you're ready to go home, if you have ridden all the rides, had all the fun, eaten all the food, drank all the drink, and are filled beyond belief and just want to go something different, then start looking inside. As long as you're looking out into the world, you're still going to be a part of the world. You're still going to be pulled into the world and you're going to pull yourself into the world. Give yourself a chance to go someplace other than out. Go inside and begin to experience the greater truth of who you are. Begin to allow yourself just to relax into that which is inside for a while and begin to discover the greater truth. And the greater truth is you. The greater truth is loving. The greater truth is oneness. The greater truth is God. You are a child of God. You are the living, loving essence of God, not just a child of God. That which you are is God. That soul that you are, that was you before you got this body and will be you when you leave this body. And this body will just go back into the earth where it came from. That you is the living, loving essence of the Lord. And that loving essence is here to be loving. And that loving essence is longing to be in the action of loving with God and return back from which it came into the greater loving and to be a part of that movement of loving once again. And if you're being drawn to a pathway like this of sound and light, of meditation, of the sacred name, it's for one reason and one reason only. God is calling you home. God is saying it's time now. Come home. You've done it. You fulfilled it. And the Lord of this creation, when God starts calling you home, cannot stop the call, cannot keep you here for long. He might be able to keep you here for another couple of lifetimes because you're still learning how to pay more attention to that pull inward rather than outward. And you might ignore it for a while. You might avoid it for a while because you're afraid of what you're going to find out. If you go inside, oh, I don't know if I want to see the truth of myself. I don't want to have to take all that responsibility. But you will. And then you'll begin to sit down and go inside and wake up to the greater truth. And you know, when you're drawn on this pathway, you're drawn here because 
the Lord of this creation is now finding out that you want to go home and that you are letting go of the world of separation and looking towards that place of oneness once again. When you are drawn towards initiation, you're drawn there because you in other lifetimes and in this one have been taking more responsibility for your actions and your reactions, your thoughts and your feelings, whether you knew it or know it or not. Just by paying attention and trying to make your life a little bit better and do things a little bit different or more moral or whatever it might be called, you have started a change in your life, a direction change in your life. You're now taking more responsibility and you're not creating as much karma as you were before. And you're taking responsibility for the karmas you have created and bringing them to a quiet, bringing them to be answered and bringing them back into the flow of loving once again. And it's said on this pathway that those that come for initiation have completed 51% or more of their karmas that they have created over lifetimes of lifetimes. And it's time now for them to go home. Because the Lord of this creation is realizing, one, well, I'm losing control over them. They're not creating more. And they're cleaning up after themselves. So there's not the big mess for them to be responsible to anymore. So I may as well just let them go because they're going to start infecting other people if I leave them here. So in a sense, he begins to let go of you even though he doesn't want to. Kind of like Pharaoh when he finally said, oh, just get out of here. Just go. And then a minute later he goes, okay, go get them. Bring them back. I don't want him to go after all. Well, that's kind of the game that goes on. He realizes, you know, I'm losing you, so I may as well just let you go and I'll take care of all these others and and just keep them in bondage as long as I can. And that's why you were drawn into the path of initiation and the sacred name. It's because of that. You have done the work. Nobody has done it for you. You have done the work to get to that point. And now God is reaching out and giving you the keys to the kingdom to make this, the rest of the pathway home easy in comparison to what it was. So look and see. Are you using the keys to open the doors? And are you using them daily to keep those doors unlocked? It's a simple question, and it's a simple answer. The answer may be, no, I'm not, and that's just fine. But just know that one day you're going to be ready to open those doors, and it's up to you to have the keys to begin unlocking them, one by one, until that pathway is open fully so that you can really return back into the oneness of soul, back into the loving heart of God, and back into the oneness from which you came. 
You are one. We are one. God is one. That's why I keep saying God only, God first, because there is only God. But until you get above this creation to know it for yourself, it's a hope and a wish. But we're here ever to keep you focused and ever to remind you God is one and you are one in God. And there is no separation. There is no difference. Years ago, I was helping an artist to create a hologram for a building that I'd helped to create. And it was going to be, at the time, one of the largest holograms in the world. It was going to be 22 feet tall. And we were at a university and they were you know, working on the films to create the hologram. And one of the scientists there said, let me show you something. I'll show you how we check that we've got the hologram just right. They finished up all the laser work they needed to do. And then we went up to the end. There was an extra inch of material at the top that they were going to trim off when they actually set the hologram. And he cut off a little wafer and he put it under a lit box of magnifying glass and there was the hologram, the whole hologram that he had just created on 22 feet was right there in the image. And he said, now we can look at the whole image right here and see if we got it right. And I kind of went, what? And he goes, Within a hologram, there's the full story in every part of it. Well, we're just a hologram of God. That which is the divine spark here is a hologram of the fullness that is God. And if we will just wake up to the hologram that we are, if you will, if you want to be more scientific, and go into that hologram, We are in the oneness of all things. There is no separation. That'll give you something to think about.